Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Yeah, no, they've done very well under him. I, I'd have to check to see how many times they made the conference finals. But uh, yeah, why I, I would the, you think Gordon Hayward would opt out? You know, maybe That's thirty-four thinks, million dollars in your hand when what? he got injured two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, and I this year as well. Yeah, he's been his whole story with the Celtics has been I can't injured. get on the floor. Yeah, injured. so expired. Expired. <laughs> Expired. Like your ketchup. Yeah. Expired. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All right, don't bleed for Gordon Hayward. He just made $120 million uh, from Charlotte. He's going to go play for Michael Jordan, and he's going to go play with LaMelo Ball. You know, uh, people have moved around. Nobody consequential has moved, right? Nobody really consequential has moved yet, but... Gordon Hayward is relatively consequential. Certainly could help Charlotte. We are going to do shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. We will do a show after Thanksgiving, and the thought behind it is, A, I have nothing else to do, and B, you'll hate your family beyond words by then. <laughs> and you'll be afraid that they're going to give you the virus, so you may as well listen and to the show. And C, the 2015 has showers in the forecast yes so i can't play um, and you can't yeah. get a tea time can't get a tea time at columbia cannot get a tea time because there is a conspiratorial i mean i don't want to sound like the president of the united states the current president of the united states and talk about conspiracy theories but it seems clear to me that a small cadre of people have gone um through vpn probably and they've gotten the ability to get into the system and book all the good tea times no, just all this the is the shadow times. system that we have access to, but the tea times, seats taken. Yeah, because um, we got one the other day. We got a tea time the other day for 324. It's dark at 430. 324 means you play four holes. It's just ridiculous. So luckily we were able, Steve Rose and I were able to get out earlier. Michael is here. You can hear his voice. I wanted to read a couple of emails. This is from Mike O'Brien in Boston, formerly Revere. This is a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, so the, the news is old, but the... You know, we, he said, I had to fly to Fort Myers to be with my mom because she's getting eye surgery this week. So that was a couple of weeks ago. We hope that went well. Needless to say, I'm not excited to fly, but was excited to see my connection was in Dulles, not Reagan, as I was hoping, but it was Dulles, which is such a generic airport. But that isn't the point of the story. Being in D.C., I was so excited to wear my Chatter T-shirt because I figured I'd get so many TK salutes and people coming up to me reminiscing about all the good times they had at Chatter, even though apparently nobody went there because it's out of business. Well, while buying the water at Hudson News, a guy came up to me with his son and said, you listen to Mr. Tony. I said, yes, I do. I love hearing his hot sports takes like Ty Lue had long hair when he played for the Wizards. That's a hot take. <laughs> well, the man true. looked at his 10-year-old and said, give it to the man. The 10-year-old handed me a small box of Whoppers and gave me the salute and said La Cheeserie, and his dad said, this is the garbage he gives out for Halloween. You'd figure with that ESPN money, he'd give out full-size payday bars. Wonderful email. As is this, this is from Stephen Coleman. Yesterday was my first day at my new job. It wasn't too bad considering I had to telework from home. After 20 years of military service in the United States Air Force, I officially retired on November 1st. With all the trials and tribulations COVID-19 has brought many people this year, what idiot retires during a global pandemic? As a longtime listener of the podcast and PTI, your crazy stories from Bambi at the Little House to trying to sink your phone to the Cadillac CTS got me through many rough days, both home and abroad. Thank you for many years of entertainment and to many more in the future. By the way, I had some assistance. I need some assistance with my fantasy bowling league. 
I didn't know there was such a thing. I have the number two pick. Should I go Jacob Butterf or Butterf or Don Barrett, Sean Nash, and Jason Belmonte aren't too shabby either. Again, thank you, sir. I'll take your answers off the air. We're more of the I have heard of experts. Jason Belmonte, huh? We're more of the cornhole experts. Yeah, we don't, we don't know this at all. So anyway, let's do some NFL. A bunch of great games yesterday. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs game, and I did not stay up for the end. I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. Uh, you could make the case that right now the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football. Both of them are in the AFC. A lot of the really good teams seem to be in the AFC. There is much more compression in the NFC. The worst teams in the NFC have three wins or four wins. The worst teams in the AFC have no wins or one win. So the disparity in the AFC from top to bottom is greater uh, but the better teams, I believe, are in the AFC. Andy Reid, now 19-3 and three out of a bye. And he had to win late. And the reason he could win late is because Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football and pretty much has been since he became the starter. He was starter. frustrated in the first half. And how, this is, what, the third time Andy Reid's gone 9-1 nine, nine and one in Kansas City? Is that right? I think I just saw it on the news. Wow. But... I mean, Andy Reid, 19-3 and three out of a bye week. That's a big game. The Raiders are better than you thought at the beginning of the year. The Raiders beat them in Kansas City, took the victory lap in the buses, angered Andy Reid, maybe. Um, and, and now the Chiefs came back, but the Raiders covered Chuck Todd in the middle of a very bad week, 1-5. Jeff Ma, 3-2-1. But Chuck Todd, 1-5 at the moment. Um, got beat on Green Bay. Green Bay's a three-point game. The Green Bay game, Aaron Rodgers takes him down the field takes one shot in the end zone, doesn't get it, gets the tie, and then his receiver fumbles, like on the second play of the overtime, and Indianapolis wins. Indianapolis, pretty good. <clears throat> I apologize for my scratchy throat, but Indianapolis is pretty good at this point. Um, I think better than we thought. And Phillip Rivers, who I know Chuck Todd hates. hates. Phillip Rivers did a pretty good job. If only they had a real quarterback. Did you notice at the end of the game where Aaron Rodgers was talking to Phillip Rivers, and Phillip Rivers is much bigger than I thought, He's got to be. Could you look up Philip Rivers? Is he 6'5", or is Aaron Rodgers 5'10", at this point? Because he seemed to tower over him the way my son towers over me. That was a really good game, um, Packers and Colts. The Chiefs game was great. Um, six, Patriots, five, two, Tex yeah, go six, ahead. 6'5", five, six, five, 228. He's a bigger boy than I thought, Philip yeah. Rivers. He's bigger. Because he doesn't throw big. He throws small. He throws sidearm. Yeah. He throws small. Yeah. Patriots and um, Texans, very good game. Very interesting game to watch. Cam Newton can't throw it deep anymore. He can't. Um, they look like they're going to be out of the playoffs. Falcons and Saints, everybody was wringing their hands about Taysom Hill, including me. I mean, I really thought Jason, Jameis Winston would start. All Taysom Hill did was be great. I mean, th that shuts everybody up. And again, the one thing I did say on PTI was, look, I thought – Jameis Winston would start, and he would get better. And I said the reason I thought he would get better is because of Sean Payton, because I think Sean Payton's a genius on offense. And so I said... But you see Sean, some of that now. Yeah, I said if Sean Payton is going with Taysom Hill, I'm going to withhold any criticism till I see what happens in the game. And Taysom Hill was really good. The surprise were the rushing touchdowns, right? He's a good runner. Yeah. No, 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 he's a very good runner. He's got... Um, 
That's those are his seventh and eighth rushing touchdowns in his career. He'd only thrown twenty passes in his whole career. He threw through more passes yesterday than in his whole career. The Cowboys and Vikings. That was a terrific game. Cowboys win, much like the Washington football team. They are three and seven and a half a game out. And it's, and it's Dallas week, apparently. Yeah, we didn't Happy know this. Thanksgiving. Neither Michael nor I knew that that was this Thanksgiving game at Dallas. So that was good. Eagles-Browns, the Eagles stink. I Neither mean, offense scored for the first half. They're just terrible. Carson Wentz, I mean, you, you just have to say to yourself, boy, oh boy, did, did they have thrown good money after bad. It's just not, it just doesn't seem to work. Well, he did win that Super Bowl. Yeah, no, he didn't. The other guy exactly. did. Exactly. And Titans-Ravens, that was a really good game. And I, now, once again, you are asking the question, is Lamar Jackson incapable of winning big games? Tennessee came back in that game, and then in the overtime, just hand it to the big boy. You yeah. just hand it to him and see what happens. Did you, did you like – I, I loved that game. I was, so I was watching a lot of that on Red Zone, and I feel so bad because at the end of the game, I'm not going to lie, I took the boys out to go play t-ball. This was going to go for a ride. And I see a neighborhood, a neighborhood kid. And when you have a kid around the same age, you always start engaging. He's wearing a Jackson jersey. And I'm like, do you see that touchdown pass to uh, Andrew, right? Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, the third Mark quarter, Andrew, the tight end. 31-yarder 31, um, 31 that Romo explained so well as to, you know, like, okay, if he's not underneath, you're going to throw it out just, you know, to keep it safe. But he turns him around. So I'm going into that. I'm so animated. And his mom just looks at me and goes, you didn't see overtime, did you? She's like, we had to get out of the house. <laughs> I say, I'm so sorry. I, oh. I thought the game was at hand. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So the other thing I wanted to say was the, what made me feel the worst was Joe Burrow. Oh. Now I don't know oh, what yeah. the what it is if it's if it's an ACL or if it's just something broken, but immediately if you go back in football for say the last 10, 12, 15 years, and you think of Carson Palmer at Cincinnati, yeah. another Heisman Trophy winner who looked so good, and then in his first in the first few minutes of his first playoff game, got an injury that he never really got over because Cincinnati can't protect him, and it doesn't look like they can protect Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow's really good, really good. And he goes out and he says, see you next year on a tweet. So he knows it's bad. Um, that made me feel bad. It was not a dirty play. No, the, not the FedEx field strikes again. Yeah, not a dirty play at all. Um by the way, when, when Washington wears those particular uniforms, and I've seen them wear those over the years once in a while, I love those uniforms. The burgundy, um, sort of really solid color shirts without a lot of adornment. WFT also keeps growing on you and growing. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got a text the other day from a friend of mine who said, when are they going to change the name? And I said, why? Why, why would they change the name? Why would... Why would you give them a nickname when it's always going to be compared to, forgive me for saying this, Redskins, and it's never going to be well-liked in the same way that that was? Why wouldn't you stay with this where it has a very old-timey look to it, doesn't it? It does. I just wish it was established 2020. Yeah. Let's never forget. Yeah. It looks, it looks pretty good. Um, I have thermostat issues in my house that I don't want to talk to you about. At one <laughs> point, I wrote a note. <clears throat> I wrote this particular note. Uh to open the show with, which is you have to fire Adam Gaze, right? And then the Jets got back in the game. Um, and at the end, the Jets covered. Jeff Ma won on the cover. And they covered because uh, the Chargers took a safety, right? What did they win by? That was four. They won by six. So that's two points. 
What was the what was the spread in that game, Nigel? Jeff, uh, oh, nine and a half. They would have covered anyway. The Jets right. would have covered anyway. Um, so Jeff Ma was three and two. So he's 24, 28, and three. Reginald finally had a winning week. He was two and one. How about it's good that? for a monkey, but that he's 14 good. and 19. He always shows up for but the holidays. But Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd won on Thursday and lost every game yesterday. Lost Oof. five yesterday, and he's got the Rams plus three and a half against Tampa Bay tonight. He could go one and six. You know what? Chuck Todd won the week he needed to win. Yes. Yes, he did. That was a couple of weeks ago, yeah, and he won He's that. still riding high. So we will get out of here now, and um, when we come back, Michael Wilbon will join us. An excited Wilbon. He's very excited about Northwestern. Extremely oh, sure. excited. He's really Great excited. Win. So let's get out of here. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Butcher Box ad. The Butcher Box ad I read with mixed feelings, and I don't really have to read it. I read with mixed feelings because this is something I like very, very much. And I have subscribed to this through my daughter for the last six or seven months. And we get steaks and we get chopped meat and we get chicken and we get pork chops and we get salmon. And, and it's, it's very good. Let's never forget, ButcherBox got you supplies when there were none to be had. That's exactly right. And I'm... I'm Kept you fed. I am a hearty endorser. But here, here, listen to this. Luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. ButcherBox couldn't be easier. Just sign up, select your box, and they ship it to your door every month. Here's the, here's the critical one. And it's, it's underlined in yellow. And when you sign up now, you get their steak sampler with six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks because the best steak night is free steak night. I didn't get that. Like oh, I might the, be able to get All that the now. free things that they offer, I didn't get. And I really cannot tell you how much I endorse this. It's one of the few things that I totally buy by myself. <coughs> There's a, that's the dog barking. And the, uh, the dog can be heard across the street. Because we had an incident today. So I've been telling you about this. No, anti, um, no added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh. It's shipped frozen. It's vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. You can customize your box or go with one of theirs. It's the best meat shipped right to your door, which means one less trip to the grocers. And it's meat the way it should be. It's really good. So you, you have... I don't know if they wanted my personal endorsement. Maybe they did, but they get it anyway because I buy it. For a limited time, new members get six <laughs> free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks when they go to butcherbox.com slash cadence, C-A-D-E-N-C-E slash cadence. That's two New York strips. Jesse, shut up. That's two New York strips and four top sirloins added to your first box for free. It's added. It's an add-on. Act quickly. The offer is only good through Cyber Monday. That is six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash cadence, C-A-D-E-N-C-E, butcherbox.com slash cadence. You're listening. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Bears, the Bears, my lament if anybody cares. The last exciting thing we had was the fridge. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. Hope you While like this one. Pack had Aaron Rodgers. 
Brett Favre and Bart Starr. We had Rudy Bukich, Bobby Douglas, Virgil Carter. I still have nightmares of Ken Cannon, Tom Sack, Larry Rakestraw. I'm waiting for Peyton to fumble off a fake draw. Don't try to comfort me with Buckus and Shane Mack. I'm still recovering from Kent Nix and Johnny Lujak. They should have let Walter score instead of the fridge. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. <laughs> Do you like that? 85 Bears, like anybody cares. Since then we've gone nowheres. We should have had more hardware. Sure, we were still trying, but without Buddy Ryan. The defense wasn't buying Singletary, he was crying. I pray to my poster. This is Dan Byrne, we assume. Night, but yes, sleep seems kind of risky. I might dream of Trubisky, our coaches and our QBs. All one big kerfuffle. It's all been downhill since the Super Bowl shuffle. Dave Craig, Eric Kramer, Vince Evans, Kate McNown. Toss him in the Mississippi, get him out of town. Last thing we had to cheer for was a lineman called the Fridge. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. Nick Foles' latest exploits, just more Hallis heritage. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. Great Dan Byrne playing in Michael Wilbon with a song every single name he is familiar with. But I'll get to better times early on. Northwestern wins. Michael is sitting here. I said, I watched the whole game. He said, you might as well be a donor at this point. You care so much about Northwestern. That had to make you ecstatic, ecstatic, because Northwest, because Wisconsin came in with an offense that looked tremendous, and you shut down that kid Mertz totally. Yeah, Tony. Uh, by the way, the song is hysterical, but yeah. the person that sort of exposed himself when he said that they weren't buying Singletary. Ah, 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 Buying Singletary. Sort of, uh, you sort of, you sort of, you, it, as tight as it was otherwise, so it's 99%. Mm. That line makes me go, oh, not a Chicagoan, not a Bear mm. fan. Don't, mm. you, know, you can never say not buying Singletary. Uh, 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 uh. Nope. But... <laughs> It did. It just it, it unraveled because of that. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Um, that's one of the magic names. You can insult every quarterback forever, and he did. That was brilliant, but you can't, you can't touch Singletary. So, now, um, yeah, Tony, as you know, I thought Wisconsin was overrated coming into the season. I didn't like that's Wisconsin. Right. Look, did you know there's a great stat, and I'm going to get it wrong. It's too early for me to be trying to juggle stats. But um, Northwestern is like – Four and three against Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's three and four against Northwestern over the last seven years. Against everybody else in the conference, Wisconsin is like fifty something and three. We have beaten Wisconsin more than the rest of the conference in the last really? seven years. Yeah, wow. I heard that stat on the, during the game, and I was, or maybe it was Big Ten Network later when I was watching so much. I reveled in it. That's the greatest birthday present, which my birthday was Thursday. That Saturday birthday, that Saturday win. That's, that's you know, it's one of our signature wins, particularly the game was on ABC in most of the country. It's in the 3.30 time slot. Northwestern's not used to be in the 3.30 time slot. That's the national game. That's Alabama. That's Georgia. That's Michigan. That's Ohio State. That's USC. It's not us. And to win that game that way 
uh, on national television is just that, you know, and, and to be, to just basically blanket, as you mentioned, just, I mean, it wasn't a kill job. 27, I mean, 17-7 isn't a kill job, but as you know, in the Big Ten, a 10-point win can be, you know, I mean, it could be, it could really be crushing, and it sort of was for Wisconsin. Your defense um, has been crazy good. Crazy good. 10 points in the second half in five games. 10 points total. So, you know, of course, now, Tony, I'm already terrified. I'm, 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 I'm worried about, you know, Michigan State this week because mm. Michigan State has had a week off. And our kids, Tony, we, 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 don't, we don't do well in the lead position. We don't do well favored. And I'm thrilled that we're 11. But part of it, we're ranked 11 now. I think I texted you that yesterday. But now, now we're going to be favored to win the final three Big Ten games. We That's got. right. That's right. And Until so Ohio this, State. This is the dynamic, right. Tony, that we, you know, we don't really handle historically that well. So I'm I'm terrified about that now. But yeah, the Wisconsin game that was a that's a high, that that's a lifetime highlight circumstance and win for us. So we have our uh, great and dear mutual friend David Israel, who's also a graduate of Northwestern, and I, I um, emailed him about congratulations on the win, and he said, don't get crazy. Ohio State has 45 four- and five-star recruits. Northwestern has four. They right, have four. Right. And surely Ohio All State will be a favorite. All in the last minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of them yeah. come in since that new building went up that you saw. Beautiful <laughs> building. Yeah. yeah, beautiful building. And so Ohio State will certainly be favored. There's a long-term play, though, and I need to ask you about this. I told you okay. yesterday I would ask you about this. Yeah. Your coach, Pat Fitzgerald, was an academic All-American at Northwestern. He's done a great job at Northwestern. He has more wins than anybody ever there. Maybe he hasn't put the program in the map in the way that Ara Parsegian did, but he's been a great coach. He is always rumored to be going to either Notre Dame or Michigan if those jobs are open, and one of those jobs will be open soon. Jim Harbaugh will doubtless leave a Michigan one way or another. But what David said, and this is the, and I know you don't want him to coach Notre Dame or Michigan because no. it's college and it's lateral. It's but what if the Bears' why. job opened? What if the Bears' job opened and they went to the local kid? What do you? What? What? You couldn't say no, could you? <laughs> not, not, no, I don't think you can. Right. I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald grew up like I did in in the place I did. You know, I think I think I've I've, I've written several times. I have to check the mileage. I think my 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 house, the house my my parents owned. I grew up in ninety two miles from South Bend. Well, Pat Fitzgerald grew up like I don't know eight miles south of me. So he's like eighty four miles south. I don't know whether Fitz hated you. Either you grew up or we grew up. You either adored Notre Dame and you you just adored it and you wanted to go there. You found it irresistible, or you hated it. And so I don't know where Fitz comes out of that. But let me tell you why he's never going to Notre Dame. First of all, Notre Dame's got a coach and they're going to be in yeah. the college playoffs. So they, Notre Dame's not casting about for a coach. Not only that, so. I think I said this to you yesterday. How much do you think the salary of the coach? I was I was right stunned. I when you wrote this to me, I was stunned at how much yeah. money Brian Kelly makes at Notre Dame. Absolutely 1. stunned. And people six six seven million dollars. Let me repeat. I would have thought it was at least six or seven million dollars. Well, I would have. I, I looked it up yesterday. One point six six seven million dollars. Whoa! You, you want to so guess low what the coach at Northwestern makes right now? It's over three. Three. Yeah, it's twice as much as Kelly. Almost to the penny. Yeah. 
you know, if, 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 what was, if what is published is accurate, let me just say it that way, if what is published right. is accurate, 3.3 or 3.4. And so I don't know what, I, Harbaugh's got to be the highest paid coach in the conference. I mean, Day will get there if he's not already there. Maybe he's already there. Kirk Ferentz, but, but, but Michigan is, Michigan, tell me not, the, the, the bloom is off the rose. I mean, I, I don't know that, I, I don't think that the Michigan job is so great that Pat Fitzgerald, look, they're going to call. They're going to call us and say, we want to talk to Pat Fitzgerald. I, I told you last night, I would say to Michigan, take a hike, eat dirt. <laughs> We're not giving you permission to do anything. You're nothing right. anymore. So that leaves Notre Dame. Would you take a, would, would you take a 50% pay cut? No. No. Chicago? no, you wouldn't. No, no. So now you raise, the, you raise this the thing bears. yesterday that gave me angina. <laughs> the rest of the day. You, you, you put me on the phone yesterday calling people because it makes such sense. And I it's David's idea. It. Yeah, it's David's idea. That, yeah. that, that, that I started calling people and with ties to both Chicago Northwestern and the Bears. And basically, the reaction from people was, yeah, yeah. I've been fearing this the last, fill in the blank, 24 hours, 48 hours, two weeks, whatever. And I don't know, Tony. I, I, you know, the Bears, to me, need to fire Nagy. I've been, look, I've been, a, I've been following Northwestern football since the mid-'70s, maybe a year or two before I went there when I knew I was going to go to Northwestern. So that's 45 years. I've been following Bears 10 years longer. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, mean, you know, <laughs> I just have. Um, and so, so have a lot of these people. They have that relationship with it. I don't know. I don't know if the Bears at the top of the tree are smart enough to call Pat Fitzgerald. I don't know if they, they understand what, what the Bears need right now. They don't need an offensive guru. You know, how'd that work out, Mark Trestman? How's that worked out, Matt Nagy? They don't need a defensive guru. How'd that work out, Dave Wanstad? How'd that work out, John Fox? Although it worked out for Lovey. They, they don't, they don't, I don't know that they're smart enough to understand. They need a CEO. They need... They, they need Pat Fitzgerald. They need a guy who can be the face of that thing and electrify that town, but also coach. And so Pat's not just a Northwestern guy. He's a Chicago guy. He continues the Bears. That's who he is. Yeah. So, so you know, I look, we got a lot. I'm terrified of Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois right now. So, I, you know, I'm stopping the train just short of, Hold on, let's not let Pat jump off. But if the Bears were smart, that's that's you know. But I don't think you know there's people you don't re- you don't lose names you don't recognize like Ted Phillips and the people you know people who who are involved in the running of the Chicago Bears in the name of the Hallises. And I I, I don't know that they're smart enough to understand he could be the guy now, not right now. Like at, like if we go to the, a second. Big Ten championship game and play Ohio State. I don't care what the result is. If we go there and a second time in three years, how many times Michigan been lately? Last three years? Zero would be correct. And by the way, Harbaugh, you know how long I wanted Harbaugh to coach the Bears. I do. I know that. Yeah. And so, it's so, it's so the irony is inescapable for, for people like me and for David Israel and for other folks. So I don't know. I, I, again, I'm, I'm afraid of the Big Ten West right now, so I'm, I'm not counting chickens. But, yeah, man, you put me in a panic yesterday when, when, when you relayed that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm proud of where they are. I told you, Tony, we got, I told you at the beginning of this year, we got Sunday players. 
and in his interview with ESPN on the field afterward, Fitz said almost that sentence. He goes, we got guys who are going to be All-Americans. we got guys who are going to play on Sunday. That may not be a big deal, even, say, at Merlin, but we have Sunday guys. We've always had Sunday guys. We had, we had, we had, we had Otto Graham. We got a greater quarterback in the history of Northwestern than either than Ohio State. They don't have anybody like Otto Graham in their history. So we have we have Sunday people, but not the abundance we have now, man. And so I, I, if we can just get through these next three weeks and play Ohio State, I'll take whatever the result is for that. I will get I to, we'll get to the NFL briefly. I just wanted okay. to to bring up this one thing. Um, you were not on the show. You took the day off Friday, which is fine. When the announcement was, well, not the announcement, when it was reported that Taysom Hill and not Jameis Winston mm-hmm. would start for New Orleans, I was skeptical. I think everybody was skeptical. What, what tempered my skepticism was my feeling that Sean Payton really is an offensive genius over a long period of time. I think he knows what he's doing, and I think if he chose this guy over that guy, I was going to wait and see. It turned out to be a very good choice, did it not, Taysom Hill? Yeah, hey, look, the Saints again look good. They looked good. I, I thought the entire volume over the discussion was overmodulated. It's like he didn't say he was sending Jameis Winston to Bermuda. That's right. He just said he That's was going right. to start Taysom Hill, who who has played in that system some for yes. years. So yes. I thought that the whole discussion was just sort of overwrought and overly dramatic, and it's just like stop, you know. And so I thought whoever he started would have been fine. He'll bring in the other guy if he needs to. Uh, did Winston play any snaps? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I was on know, the red zone. I didn't see it. I just saw you know, what I saw. I just, I just want, I, I am now at the point, the, the, the overstatement of everything that happens in the NFL is to the point where I now root for everything that everyone else is talking, isn't talking about. So, the, you know, the, the, this awarding of the championship trophy to Tampa Bay, when I've seen them get beat by 40, no, they can be bad a couple lose times. To the Bears, like don't no. tell me that that don't tell me that this is the the '07 or '08 Patriots or whatever it was when they went. No, because it really looks like if you're paying attention, it really looks like Pittsburgh and Kansas City are above it everybody. Does. It, it really like does. It's the best, and I don't know about yes. the NFC. I don't no, know. they don't. Cause, they cause, don't. Know, Green Bay. I don't know. But no, they lost. Is interesting. Yeah. You know, tonight is interesting. You know, yep. Sunday night and Monday night. Have have some heft to them because I want to see what you know Tampa Tom does because he's had two he's had two embarrassing losses. Tom Brady doesn't have that. No, New Orleans coach. I don't trust his coach at all. So let's see where they're going. But um, yeah, Tony. And and by the way, I made the mistake. I I even said last night watching the Kansas City game. I know you were asleep, and I said. Okay, if the Raiders come in here and beat Kansas City, I want to hear everybody's excuse this morning on every network that covers football. Raiders look good. Uh, they look good, and they had the game. The Raiders. Oh, wait. The, they, the other guy is the <laughs> this best. Guy, this but guy the Raiders are the better best. than we thought. The Raiders, after four yeah. weeks, yeah. after ten weeks, they're a lot better than, than we thought they're after four. They're really good, and I, I they don't are. know. They are. If you're Kansas City... Do you want to see them in the AFC uh, championship game? No, you don't. No. No, no you no, don't. No, you don't. And so I thought, man, that, there's, there's some intrigue there, which we didn't think we had. Uh, and maybe New Orleans, wow. If New Orleans, look, I don't expect them to win 
convincingly every week, but wow. And here's the other thing, Tony. I don't think Drew Brees is coming back. Come on. The dude has 10 fractures. How many fractures can you have in your ribs without being in a car accident and a seven-car pileup? It's a, I mean, lot of, it's a lot of ribs. So why it's do people lot. think this notion that Drew Brees, somebody had a great line on radio yesterday. I, was out, I left my house for like four minutes the entire day you know, to get a Subway sandwich. And I turned on some radio and somebody said, you know, if, if, if for Drew Brees to say, I feel fine, I'm going to be back soon, I want to hear somebody with doctor in front of his name saying that. Because yeah. yeah. I ain't buying it. That he's no, going to be back soon. They put him on IR. He's got to miss at least four to six. He, no, he's not coming back soon. All wow. right, I will see you later. I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Tom. Sounds good. M- Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we will take a break. Pat Forty will join us when we return. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Vincero ad. Now, I know that I've been corrected, and not to say Vincero, but Vincero, but I say Vincero because I think they want you to say Vincero. Uh, This is the Black Friday, Cyber Monday week. So that is going on right now until the 2nd of December. It's 15% off site-wide, 20% off $200 or more, 25% off $300 or more, free shipping on all orders, and the discount will be applied for everyone, meaning no coupon code will be required. Be sure to say up to 25% off. So you're going to get a code anyway that says Tony, but even if you blow it, you're going to get the whole thing as long as you remember to do it correctly. A watch should be something you look forward to putting on every day. Vincero is dedicated to the craft. They put the time and effort into crafting timepieces so you can wear them day after day after day. Avoid the last-minute holiday stress. Order your perfect gift online right now. Take advantage of this huge sale. It's no code required, but please use the code. Your discount will be automatically applied at checkout. This is Vincero's biggest sale of the year, and everything on the site is on sale, including sunglasses, wallets, and bracelets, and I didn't even know they made those. I just thought it was a watch company. I had no idea they made bracelets. Use the personal link, which is Tony, to take advantage of Vincero's biggest discounts, and you will get up to 25% off, plus free shipping automatically applied to your order. So there's a conflict here. You can use the code... Well, you don't even have to use the code, but to I'm make me feel right good. Yeah. There, there's a pop-up that just goes, continue without the 25% off. You're like, who's clicking that? No, why would I continue without 25% <laughs> off? No, 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 no. Here's a, use the personal link, um, www.vincerowatches, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, vincerowatches.com slash Tony. That's what you should do. Um, yeah, I, I, it's... I'll do that again because the end of this, I don't even understand about any other questions. Please contact some guy. We're not given the guy's name. Just go to www.vincerowatches.com slash Tony. And Nigel, you should ask them about this copy because it's confusing at the end, okay? But I've got Vincero watches, and you do too, Mike. I do. And they're good. They're good. This This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Alex Wins Trio, and he or they write, or Alex writes, thanks for spinning my music on the pod a few weeks ago. Here's another original tune from my album, Live to Tape, titled Eli, Minnesota. I wrote it because I was in tour, on tour in Eli, Minnesota, up in the north woods of Minnesota, and there was nothing to do in Eli, Minnesota but write a song called Eli, Minnesota. 
Uh, the album has just been released on Friday, which coincided with Bandcamp Fridays, in which the website waives its revenue share and gives that directly to the artist. That's very, very nice. Um, Michael, if people like the Alex Wins Trio or the great Dan Byrne want to send in their music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycordizershow.com. And, and really, as you know, um, you, can listen, FM voice. you can listen to this music without me talking over it at the end of the podcast. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated joins us now. There are a million things to talk about. Two have come up immediately. We're going to obviously talk about so many games being lost to the coronavirus. But two have come up immediately, and because Dabo Sweeney had his 51st birthday on Friday and then on Saturday got angry uh, at Florida State, let us start with that. Sweeney is, is saying this game was not postponed because of the virus. It was not. The implication is that Florida State was gutless and didn't want to play them. Does that hold water for you? Uh no, it really doesn't. Now, okay. you know, here's something we're going to be running into, I think, increasingly down the stretch of the season is who still wants to play and who doesn't and who just, you know, is trying to come up with reasons they don't want to play. But in this instance, I mean, Clemson flew to Tallahassee with a player who was positive, who was on the plane, who was interacting with all his teammates. Uh, and if that's the case, if I'm Florida State, I don't blame Florida State for saying, no, we don't feel great about this situation. They may also not feel great about losing 65-6, to six, but I think that, <laughs> right. you know, it's right. a legitimate concern on, on their behalf here at this point. Yeah, so, so is Sweeney, is, is he looking for headlines, or is he, what is his motivation in this? Oh, I think, well, first of all, he doesn't want this to be seen as Clemson was irresponsible taking a, COVID positive player to well, they didn't know uh, they didn't to Tallahassee yeah. and 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 also hey the, the kid practiced that week and you know it's like hey what's Clemson doing but then also you know I do think that their feeling very much is that yeah Florida State's ducking us I mean Clemson hates Florida State Florida State hates Clemson uh, and this you know Dallas Sweeney has yet to take the virus terribly seriously you know in any form or fashion it seems like oh they they did get him to wear a mask on the sideline but if you remember you know going back this was situation he wasn't one of these guys that was uh the most concerned about things going back to, to spring no i would say that gundy and sweeney are sort of the anti um truth squad in terms of the virus whereas nick saban uh who for you know for, on a lot of levels i i find him a phony but he's he's been good on this hasn't he he's worn the mask oh, yeah. all the time he's been yes. good yeah, no, he's been very serious about it, you know, and that, what, I don't know, I mean, it may be legitimate concern, it may be, hey, we don't play football without masks, so we're wearing masks, you know, I don't know, but, yeah, Gundy and, and Dabo, I would say, I, I, I'm not yeah. sure, Dabo's quite gone to the point of, of taking up the crusade for OAN, but, uh, but otherwise, yeah. I, I would put him in the category, back in the spring, certainly, of, oh, this is just a hoax. <laughs> Um, you have a piece out on Auburn. I have not gotten to read it, but since you wrote it, you can explain it to me. But if I understand it correctly, it basically says, yeah, the end is near for this program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is, this is the thing with this program is that, you know, they were given, they were, they were involved in the federal investigation of college basketball back in 2017. And the whole thing, you know, went underground and then they were given 
and NCAA notice of allegations in January and refused to acknowledge it. Basically, just wouldn't say it existed, wouldn't say yes, wouldn't say no, uh, and left their fans and the public completely in the dark under the assumption everything's fine, everything is fine, there's no problems here. And now all of a sudden they're imposing a, a postseason ban on themselves, which they do not do if everything is fine. Uh, so this is a clear indication that what's in the notice of allegations from the NCAA is major and is serious and could result in a lot of penalties. And Auburn is trying to be clever here by saying, well, this season is going to be a mess. We're not going to be that good, so we'll just take our ban now and everything will be fine. And there's even a quote from Bruce Pearl that says, we'll get this behind us. Well, it's not really the way it's going to work, I don't think. But there are potential penalties out there that could last for a lot longer than one season here. And Bruce Pearl himself could be uh, very much in- impacted by this. Well, one of the good things about Bruce Pearl is that he's so great on TV that he'll get a job. He's really good on TV. <laughs> he is. Um, he's very good. Yeah. What about the other two big-name schools that we wait for, Kansas and Arizona? Yeah, Kansas is... Uh, you know, definitely, they, they, they released out open and, and said, hey, here's what we're charged with. We disagree, we're fighting it, but th- here's what we're charged with. Arizona has acknowledged receiving a notice of allegations, but they haven't released it yet. Uh, both of them are major, major cases. Uh, Kansas is much further along. We're not sure exactly how far along, but, uh, you know, that one, we're, we're getting closer, I would think. But, uh, but still, nothing... I don't think that comes out will affect Kansas for this basketball season and certainly not for Arizona for this basketball season, not LSU, probably not Louisville, maybe NC State. We'll see. There's so many cases that are up in the air. All right. We've, let me get to the coronavirus issue. Um, people that look at the NFL see that they play all the time. People that look at college say they are canceling and postponing right and left here, the difference One of the obvious differences is that the NFL can afford to test their people every single day because the money that they bring in is even greater than the money that the colleges bring in, and it is more concentrated money. What are we looking at with college football? It seemed like almost half the good teams were postponed this week. Yeah, no, and that's the second week really in a row. Actually, the, the percentage of postponed games keeps going up. This is like week four in a row where we've had a steadily increasing number of games postponed. And, you know, we've already had two or three, I think, postponed for this Thanksgiving week here. So it's going to keep happening. I mean, it's, you know, this is what happens as you try to drag this mess of a season to the finish line. Uh, right. you, you just have more and more places where just like the rest of the country virus numbers are up and you know a lot of this is contact tracing for people uh, who have been around others who have tested positive but you know that's the responsible way to handle this if you if you contact trace and have 18 guys that are caught up in it well I guess you're, all right, you're probably not going to play this week and uh you know college football is the, the conferences are doggedly determined to get their TV inventory. You know, they get their number of games yes. up so they can get checks from the TV networks for almost a full season. So that's really the push here. The question is, A, you know, how many, how far can they make it? Can we get to the, the actual end of the season? I think we probably can. How many games are people going to play? I don't know. And then how do the players feel about this? I, I keep coming back to that. You know, you're, 
storm. I mean, if, if the athletic directors are going to be honest, Tony, they, they just go into the locker room and say, look, you all are TV inventory and we need you. Because that's what's going on here. It's not we care about you as young men. It is we need to fill our pockets with the usual amount of cash to run the athletic department, and so we need you to play in these games that you really not may, may not care that much about. You have college kids, right? You have college yes. kids who are athletes. They are not athletes on the level of bringing in money the way football players are, but what do they say about their campuses, and what do they say about you know, pushing football like this? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Uh, actually, my, my son at Georgia has finished, um, and he's getting his master's degree now. So he's, he's not practicing or involved. Uh, you know, Georgia's situation is very different than Stanford, where my daughter is. And, uh, you know, Stanford is on such lockdown and has been the entire time. There are no in-person classes. There is nobody really on campus other than when you work out. Like, she goes to the pool. She swims. She goes to the weight room, and she goes back to her house, and that is it. Uh, they have had been able to have two swim meets. They, they, I mean, but they're both against California, where you just you get on a bus and you go over to Cal, or the Cal comes to you. Uh, it has been extremely, extremely limited. I, you know, I think that they look at the football situation like, well, if that's what they've got to do, fine. Uh, you know, I don't, I think that, you know, obviously my daughter is Stanford, they want to swim, they want to compete, they want to practice, but I think they're also very understanding that, that things have been ext- extremely limited in terms of what they can do because that's the way it is. That's not a money producing sport in the way that football is a money producing sport. And these kids become lab rats, uh, when they go out there, we're going to have a college football playoff I don't know how it's going to go in the time period they want it to go. Are you more of a believer than I am in that? Um, you know, I, I just think that given what we have seen, there is a strong will to get there, to have a playoff and have it right. on schedule and on time. So by golly, mm. you know what? We're putting on a show. We're going to put on the show. We'll see how many people can play. But I think that, that there is a dogged determination to have one. So, yeah, I think we will. Um, I, it's interesting. One thing I did pick up a couple of weeks ago, you know, most of the schools, if not all the schools in the playoff will be east of the Mississippi river. And as usual, there will probably be a collection either in the, in the South. They don't really want to go to the Rose bowl. They don't want to get on a plane and fly all the way to Los Angeles for a game that say, you know, Clemson and Alabama could play in Atlanta. Uh, I don't think that the, They'll be able to overturn the college football playoff structure, but there's, you know, for once in the history of college football, nobody wants to go to the Rose Bowl. What about college basketball? Will it happen? Oh, gosh. I don't What's know. What's that? You know, what is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I mean, they're starting on Wednesday, and there is like 9 million games scheduled that day, like starting from noon until 2 a.m., uh, and they've got, you know, these big events in, in, uh, the, Mo- the Mohegan sun and, and elsewhere. And it's like, why, why didn't you just push everything to January and have a conference season? And the answer yeah. is of course, TV revenue, Money. TV inventory. Yeah. 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 And I think they look and say, well, the NBA's not playing. Here's a chance for people to watch us. And while I understand that desire, I'm not sure it fits with the reality of the situation. And I think if you talk to people like around college basketball, coaches, administrators, players, like 
there's no way we're getting half these games played. And I think it's just going to be, we will be absolutely numb to the news of postponements and cancellations in basketball within just a few weeks. I mean, I understand that Rick Pitino, to a lot of people, is persona non grata. That doesn't mean what he said is wrong. He's 100% right, right isn't he? What, what I, are we doing? Yeah, I think that, they, that there could be a lot of merit to what he's saying. Um, you know, I, I, I think starting a season right now is incredibly problematic and difficult, and that it would have been better to, it at the very least, a scaled-down season that starts in January. Maybe it still ends in March but maybe you extend it and, and play more into May. Okay. I mean, I would be open to at least exploring that, but starting now, uh, it's got, it's going to be really difficult. I mean, Scott drew is the coach at Baylor. They're, you know, either one, two or three in the rankings, depending whose rankings you're looking at. He didn't coach in their first two games. He's got the virus and you could go on and on and on and on like schools that are dropping out players that have it, coaches that have it games that aren't going to be played. And that is just going to be a daily theme in a sport where they you know, are trying to play hundreds and hundreds of games. It's amazing. We'll get back to you on this, I'm sure, very frequently. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> All right. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated. It just, I don't know what. It's, the pros are different than college. It's just different. They didn't sign up to make money in the same way. We will take a break. We will have email and a jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. If you'd like to buy a suit, but cash is hard to find, there's a place that you need to explore. If you need new underwear, but your credit's been declined You need to log on to the TK store And use the code He tells you every show Every little gets the deal Just use the code You'll save a lot of dough. The shirts and razors are a steal. Joe Arrow, that is wonderful. He's a really good singer. It's all the notes. He's really, really good. That's lovely. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda bagel? Stuck in my head again. <laughs> yes, thank you, uh, Mr. Yeah, Tony. It's, it's Bethesda Billy bagels. Joel. It's very good. Yeah, go we love them. You will as well. Uh, for the location nearest you in the DC area, just go to BethesdaBagels.com uh, and then head on in. We got the bagel sandwiches today. We're very happy. You'll be as will be as well when you head on in. So Nigel always puts some song lyrics in here to see if I can identify them. And now he goes. The first thing I remember, I was lying in my bed. I couldn't have been no more than one or two. This Paul Simon song. And then he goes, I remember there's a radio coming from the room next door. And he goes, and my mother laughed the way some ladies do. It's not mother. I wouldn't expect you to know this. It's my bubble laughed the way some oh, ladies do. It's the grandmother. It's my bubble wrong. laughed the way some ladies do. It's late in the evening with the music seeping through. It's a great song. Uh, thanks today to Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated. Thanks to our sponsors, Vincero and ButcherBox. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Kenny Ray in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So Michael needs a background photo for his Peloton. Surely there's a sad picture of Michael on a pony somewhere. 
If not, how about Lupica on horseback? From Sue Meyer in Ponte Vedra Beach in Florida, the home of Sawgrass. Your discussion of Michael's new fitness regimen on the Peloton made me incredibly curious about his Peloton leaderboard name. And I certainly don't expect him to divulge it. And not risk yet. Uh, his cycling anonymity, but I did consider several possible options. I do wear white, sourdough starter, what the F are we doing here, MeUndies reader, riding uh, to the refugee, send in your jingles, Pinehurst number two, do you know who I am? I just hope his leaderboard name is not Michael Kornheiser. High five, Michael. Savage ponytail if you see me on the Peloton leaderboard. Dan Fitz in Philadelphia. Michael, settle a bet. A golfer is two for two on scrambling saves. Another golfer is nine for nine on scrambling saves. Both are tied T1 on scrambling for the round at 100%. But which one is actually in first for scrambling? The guy who's playing well enough to only be two for two or the guy hitting it all over the place but somehow gets up and down every time nine for nine? Let's go for the two for two. I didn't know there'd be math on today's show, though. But you think it's the two for two? <laughs> I think so. Because he's playing better. Yeah, give him, the, give him the nod. He's hitting the ball better. From Steve Tabor in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Recently, my son brought home some homework for his introductory introduction to philosophy class and he asked for some help. There was a bonus question which read, fox is to rabbit as steel is to blank. He said he knew the answer had to be some form of metal weaker than steel, but which one? Iron, he asked, copper, aluminum. I looked at him in that loving way, only a father can, and I said, you're a moron, it's potato. Of course it is, as steel is to potato. After a brief back and forth, and upon hearing the source of my knowledge, he agreed to use that answer. A few days later, he called. He said that answer was wrong. His instructor said literally any metal would have been counted correct, but sadly, potato <laughs> was not even an alloy. It was therefore wrong. Wow. Even worse, his fellow students have taken to calling him spud and tater salad. <laughs> Rush oh, is right. Stick. Liberal college professors are destroying this country. From Scott <laughs> McClelland in Bethesda, Maryland, five out of nine. Jeff Ma's happy with five out of nine versus Kip Scheman. I know you're an English major, but that's a one-win difference. On the other hand, I'm still paying off bets made on Kip's winter forecast last year. I'm awaiting this year's forecast from Kip, but I'm also interested to hear Jeff's. From not, Alex Lau in New York the City. These Subaru owners think they're so high and mighty and care about the environment and their children so much more than everyone else. Not so fast, you hippie granola-eating posers. If you really cared about the environment, you'd be like me. You wouldn't even have a car. If you really cared about your kids, you'd be like me and not actually have any kids in order to avoid avoid overpopulation that will inevitably destroy the environment and the earth that your children will inhabit. Boom. How's that logic for you? Bet they don't teach that at Hotchkiss or whatever other second-rate prep school you went to. Because if you went to a first-rate prep school like Phillips Exeter or better yet a Long Island public school like I did, you'd be able to afford a nicer car than a Subaru. Eat it. Um, from Mike Roseberry in State College, Pennsylvania. In the two weeks since I ratted out the P Subaru license plate, I've come to realize the real division in our country is not red state versus blue state. It's Subaru drivers versus those of us who want to see Subaru drivers strung up by their Tibetan boiled wool cardigans and dunked into a giant Yeti coffee mug filled with boiling kombucha, if I've pronounced that correctly. In your opinion, what Big Ten school produces the most Subaru drivers per capita? I feel it's a dead heat between Michigan and Northwestern. Williams College has to be the national leaders. I'm pretty sure they just put your diploma in the front seat of a Forester and let you drive away at graduation. I think Bowden has something to say about that. Mike Roseboro State College. Um, 
one more. Austin, Portland, Maine. I'd like to offer Subaru drivers a reprieve and get back to what we can all come together on, making fun of Saliza. I was on a walk this weekend. I saw a car with a weather cover over it. Usually you wouldn't know what kind of car was underneath, but the car cover said Tesla on the back. I thought about asking if Saliza has a car cover like this and uses it, but we already know the answer to that. If you're out on your bike side, everyone, as always, do wear white. Jesus, am I speaking Chinese? The Bears, my lament if anybody cares. The last exciting thing we had was the fridge. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. While the pack had Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Bart Starr, we had Rudy Bukic, Bobby Douglas, Virgil Carter. I still have nightmares of Ken Cannon, Tom Sack, Larry Rakestraw. I'm waiting for Peyton to fumble off the fake draw. Don't try to comfort me with Butkus and Shane Mack. I'm still recovering from Kent Nix and Johnny Lou Jack. They should have let Walter score instead of the fridge. I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge. The 85 Bears, like anybody cares. Since then we've gone nowheres. We should have had more hardware. Sure we were still trying, but without Buddy Ryan, the defense wasn't buying. Single Terry, he was crying. I pray to my poster of Luckman every night. But sleep seems kind of risky I might dream of Trubisky Our coaches and our QBs All one big kerfuffle It's all been downhill Since the Super Bowl shuffle Dave Craig, Eric Kramer Vince Evans, Kate McNown Toss him in the Mississippi Get him out of town Last thing we had to cheer for Was a lineman called the Fridge I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge Nick Foles' latest exploits Just more Hallis heritage I'm jumping off the Michigan Avenue Bridge